Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. people in the last of us universe still eat mushrooms <laughs> that is a really good question like are you assuming what what is what is the premise here like are the mm. the survivors the human yeah. survivors like foraging for whatever they can one of them comes across chicken of the woods and is like nah well, I mean, I guess because the thing that has put them in the apocalypse is a like fungal infection that turns people into zombies. I'm just wondering if there's been just a distaste for mushrooms now where it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I know this isn't the same, but I'm not going to take my chances. Oh, know. yeah. No, I mean, I definitely stopped eating pangolin after COVID. <laughs> okay. All right, Randy from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped eating bats, but then it turns right. out the bats weren't the pro- I-, I can't keep track anymore. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a good it is a good question. Yeah, no, I don't think like even if they didn't have um, even if they had the understanding that it wasn't these types of mushrooms. Yeah, you just wonder if it's like if it's just a little bit too close to home, if you get like. Yeah, exactly. It, let, let's let's assume society rebuilds itself. You are, uh, you're just awash in uh, emotion and love for humanity. You are like, yes, I, you know what? I've survived. I want to see the world. You fly to Italy. You go to a restaurant. You order a pizza fungi and it comes with porcini and truffle on it. Do you just keel over like and, you know, start having a fit? Uh, or do you just eat it out of like I have conquered the fungus? That's yeah, I don't know. I guess that's like the big question after it because I'm not sure if it like it'll initiate a trauma response in a way. Or mm. I guess unless you were born post-apocalypse and then it doesn't really matter. Well, I don't know. See, that's my question. It's like it's of all the complicated questions that are associated with both the Last of Us games and the show in general that has just ended. I think this is really the pressing one. And for those who finished the show, you'll know what I mean. But this is really the serious question here, whether or not they would put right. they would be putting mushrooms on their pizza. Well, like would would this would this be like a comp- if if mm. humanity rebuilds itself after right. a Last of Us situation? Right. Uh is the generation that follows are much much like sort of the dividing line between uh millennials and Gen Z when it comes to 9/11 like is the response to just sort of for the younger generation to always just be irreverent like um what do you what do you, <laughs> to, to, what do you mean to just to to almost sort of mock how 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 something feels like so unquestionably serious by older generations um 
in terms of how it's actually depicted, I don't. I um, like. Uh, like I'm I guess, having a hard like, time the, understanding. The, actually, like, like I don't know. Like I, I feel like I see. I feel like with with very young people, mm-hmm. they have it, it like something like nine eleven is kind of a punchline because oh, it's it's okay. funny that it gets it's funny that it gets a rise out of people that like this thing that is so serious that no one felt like they could touch as a comedic topic for, uh, you know, pretty much two decades. Yeah. Young people do not have that reverence for. I gotcha. Okay. That, that makes sense. Thank you for putting it into terms. I can understand. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I, uh, but yeah, I, I would say that's pretty much like the response. I mean, if this were to happen, I think that would definitely happen for sure. But mm-hmm. even in the in the fictional universe this is set in, you get a lot of that because there are like younger people that are born into this world and it's very much like yeah. like to me it's always fascinating that relationship between those who go through this incredibly traumatic change of lifestyle and then those mm-hmm. who exist in it and especially like even when I think you know the main character in the in the show, Joel is talking about coffee and how he misses coffee, right. and Ellie's like, "What the fuck is coffee? It sounds awful." Right. And it's just very interesting. But it's like it's not like it's not like a, the Marvel version of what that could be like, right? Like the the dialogue mm-hmm. is a lot more witty and interesting, and it doesn't right. it doesn't rely too hard into the um into the idea of like, oh, these past people really had it easy, didn't they? It's it's a little bit more interesting than that. It kind of like I guess in a way the reversal of how we would look at our ancient ancestors too when things are a bit more survival based right but society still you still have downtime right you still have something to Mm -hmm. do and now where that puts us like it's just it's a fascinating it's a very human story to say the least Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i guess before we dive too deep into all of this that really does push us into our main topic of today which is focusing on the you know kind of broad story and its implications of The Last of Us, but really getting down to some of the science and the really integral part of that, which is the the infection-based thing, you know, the zombies and why cordyceps were chosen and the really mm-hmm. interesting science behind them and the kind of bizarre phenomenon that it exists in our own world currently. Yeah. So wondering of the, the threats that it poses, does it pose any threats, and also kind of what what it is. Okay, yes. I'm excited. Um, it is, I, I believe on record, I am not a, I'm not a gamer. <laughs> That's our dynamic. It's what works. I, I think so. This is, this is one of those instances where I am very out of my depth. Um, but I, I don't think I've, even I can sort of escape the, uh, the gravity of The Last of Us. Everyone's talking about it. I've yeah, seen a popular. little bit I've seen a little bit of it, um, and I'm excited to hear uh, more about some of the science uh, and uh, and sort of this take on, can we say zombies? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess. They are zombies in a way. They're taking a, well, I guess it depends on how you define a zombie. See, I'm not really familiar with, like, zombie... It's not zombie culture, but I guess it kind of is in a way. Like the zo- zombie genre, let's say. It's never right. really... I mean, I guess I like Train to Busan. That was pretty cool. But anytime I like zombie media, it never really focuses on like how. It's always mm-hmm. focusing on the human surviving. 
yeah. and that's the more interesting story usually for me. With The Last of Us, the thing that was so interesting when I played this game, and I should also make note of this, you know, this has been out since 2013, the game, and then they released the sequel in 2020, which was very controversial. It was very controversial. I don't know why I can't pronounce that word. Uh, <laughs> and it was very good after I got to play it, but I played the game like very recent. I want to say 20... 2022 yeah summer 2022 okay. so it was pretty recently weirdly before i went to boston to visit you zan and it takes place in boston hmm. in the beginning so it's kind of ironic but um yeah <laughs> you know, that it, and that and handmaid's tale it, and yeah which i've also been watching there's, recently there's, there's just strange. something crushing about boston you it really know? is yeah you know all uh, the dead witches yeah i guess so i guess that uh, that that's not even, <laughs> even in boston but you know eh, it's in the proximity it's massachusetts it's new right, england right. I do, I, I do love that the highway signs have little <laughs> pilgrim hats on them. It's fun. They have to do something for it. <laughs> hey, State remember that? Yeah. Remember, <laughs> remember, remember that what we did? Oh boy. Remember when we had buckles on our heads? God, bring it back, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm also new to this, mm-hmm. this, this series, but it kind of consumed my entire summer recently, and it was very fascinating. And the show has been very popular. Pedro Pascal was killing it. Bella Ramsey, same deal been an awesome mm-hmm. cast it's 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 genuinely a very good show like whether you like the games or not i think it holds its mm-hmm. own as a very interesting show that poses some fascinating philosophies and some science that backs up what it's trying to do but you know essentially it the kind of like game of thrones has the white walkers as it's like uh you know this bigger threat that's looming over humanity to set the stage for more interesting nuance to take place the Last of Us is doing the same thing. And in the games, you know, the the zombies or the, the the infected, as they're called, are taken over. Or it really, it starts by a infection of cordyceps. And mm-hmm. that is a thing. They're mush- they a fungus that do exist in our, in our reality currently. And I'll get into them more specifically in a moment, too. And they're- oh, I thought, I thought this was going to be a bodybuilding uh, tour. Can I like say, can I say, doing the research for this, like just trying to dive into a little bit of like the science, right? Because we want to be fact checking. <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. Like people just like, ate these for like protein and it was like a whole, there's a weird subculture on YouTube about this, by the way. And I was so <laughs> confused because I was like, am I looking up the right oh. thing here? Because Okay, it's so like- see, now, now I am confused because I was... I was, I thought I was making a joke about how cordyceps kind of sounds like a, a muscle, oh. like, like, yeah, <laughs> Look at this yeah, bro, yeah, bro, you want, you want to do your cordyceps, your, cordyceps, your, bi- your biceps, oh, your so triceps, funny. cordyceps, you want to, you want to like, you know, uh, be able, you, in order to lift <laughs> yeah. like an ant, you have to get the fungus of the ant. That is, wow, okay. Yeah, I thought that's where the in, man. wait people. So people, people yeah. eat this. Is this is this like that mushroom coffee? What the hell? Yeah, what the it's hell like is this? I mean, from what I saw, I think it's a different type of cordyceps. To be fair, but it's this like mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it's it's like because uh, when you look it up, there's like recipes like how to eat cordyceps and like it's good for you and the health benefits. And I found some very weird pseudoscience things about it, and I was like, all right, we're gonna mm. we don't have time. Oh, is it, we don't have is, time for all, that. This is all but, uh, like uh, promulgated by Liver King, or I don't know. It, his, it felt in that way. Yeah, it was a little odd, but then I got into the actual science behind it. But before we'll go into that, just to give a sort of overview that's setting the stage and then the, the backing it up in the series, um, you know, in the, in the games at least, there's really no context given whatsoever. Essentially, there's like a cinematic playthrough as it happens, and uh, there's 
an infection that spreads. It's spreading through a fungus infection, which essentially is acting like the cordyceps that we have on Earth as a parasite that then takes over a host and controls them, turning them into, you know, these infected that can then go out and infect others through spores or through bites and by transferring it that way. And mm-hmm. it's a, it, you know, it's going about into its own type of thing, but it works within the world that it's built. In the show, they set the stage as to how this would even happen, which I thought was a very interesting uh, solution to like just making for a better content and also just mm-hmm. answering those of us who played the game, like why this even occurred. So jumping into the science real quick, the Latin name for cordyceps, which is Ophiocordyceps unilateralis, is or colloquially known as the cordyceps because again that's the official name uh it's a species of fungus that's a it's best being known as the zombie ant or spider fungus that takes over insects body insect bodies which it does take over uh more than that as well but it is most famously known for doing it to ants and these take mm-hmm. this takes place mostly in jungles and other really heavily wooded areas but um it really ended up getting popularized by naughty dog who's the company that made the last of us and and also uncharted yeah not that th- those those naughty dogs i said that to my dad and he was incredibly confused because <laughs> like it said special thanks to naughty dog at the end of the last of us and he's like who the heck is a naughty dog i was like this the guy <laughs> on screen has been talking for like five minutes but yeah it's an interesting name that you know that was really big in 2013 even when this came out because the idea stem from for these type of infected stemmed from this real life thing that occurs which essentially this type of fungus mm-hmm. spreads itself through spores and infects ants or other insects in the jungle by, you know, getting inside of them through the spores that are then attached to the ant. It then slowly starts to control the insides of the insect, bends its will a bit to start to go where it wants to, which is usually in like humid areas and places that it could strategically spread spores better to infect more ants because it's Mm. a parasite it wants to get itself spreading all throughout different areas it's very creepy and there's some great uh there's a bbc video on youtube about this as well i highly recommend watching it if you're it for not the faint of heart of course it's very creepy but also interesting the way it's described yeah we have a we have a diorama of one of these ants here it's it's made larger for scale but you can see the the fruiting body like coming up out of its head it's so weird yeah and also like so if you see yeah that that's the tendril that like literally sprouts over time because what it'll do is the cordyceps take over the ant and essentially control, like I said, where it wants to go. It'll position itself strategically. Then it mm-hmm. digs it. It literally forces the ant to bite down on whatever it's on or just so it can't move. And then it sprouts that tendril, eventually taking over everything. And presumably the ant's still alive as this is all happening, which is so much worse. And then it sprouts the spores so it can then spread onto other ants to keep infecting the colony and then just wipe them out. Mm-hmm. Really crazy. Um, and so... Yeah, it also, when the cordyceps, you know, infect themselves into the ant, it does drain them of all of their nutrients, and it's filling them with these spores as it's occurring. So, again, this is happening deep, deep in the jungle, so there's, like, already this, like, crazy atmosphere happening with it. Yeah. And in the... And there, you know, apparently this has something to do with the, the, the environment, like, in terms of the ecology of the, of the area that they're in. The thing that was kind of interesting in the show rather than uh-huh. the games, was that in the show, they spend the first, literally, this is the opening scene, and this was actually spread around on TikTok 
as mm-hmm. like a real scientist talking about a thing. And I thought that was kind of yeah. fascinating because I was like, this is because somebody sent it to me like, look, it's like The Last of Us. And I was like, this is literally the last. This is the opening scene of The Last of Us. <laughs> but um, it does it does have very much it it. it, it it is a scene that does feel like uh, the an actual talk show. Yeah, I mean, it's done really well, and it really sums this up nicely, but it's basically going over exactly what I said about they're talking about the cordyceps and this, like, creepy zombie ant that exists, and this is, like, in the 70s, right. I think, in game, or in show. And then this one scientist is explaining, well, because they're saying, like, because this can never happen to humans, which is true. As of right now, there's, never mm-hmm. been in this this is impossible to happen to us because of our body heat and because of that it, it just cannot affect us in the way that it does insects mm-hmm. so there's nothing to worry about we're okay as of right now no problem right this is <laughs> uh, uh, if you were if you were nervous there's no need to panic no need to yet. panic there's yet i highly doubt it i mean it it, it it's it's this is one of these cases where it's it's the science is there but it would not affect us because you know chemistry and other things that go above my right head. but in the yeah sh- well i mean it, it, to, to also like yeah well fear and paranoia in general um the our immune systems are right infinitely more complicated than an ants you know <laughs> are you sure I don't know. These ants I can't. can lift cars, and it's crazy. <laughs> Have you heard of the Ant Man? Nuts. You know, are there? I haven't seen the whole series. Are there like know. giant ant zombies? Because then I'm no. interested. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's how but, we get you. That's how we get you in. Yes. Um. But I, I think also crucially, one thing to think about with uh, arthropods like spiders and ants are the um you know they're they're inherently short lifespans the idea that this is a you know a very competent organism uh that lives in prox you know that uh you know has has the potential to infect other members of its species but you know ultimately is something that um you know a uh, a lot of a lot of uh energy uh and effort you know goes yeah. into uh, you know, keeping an individual alive of a of a larger animal that takes longer to reproduce, takes longer to mature. You know, the humans comparatively reproduce at such a lower rate. We put a lot more biological effort into keeping an individual alive yeah. because that's where we've that's where we've sort of put the chips. You know, right, right. We, arthropods put it in sheer numbers you know so mm-hmm. it's less of a uh it's less of a blow to lose an individual uh so there there are certain things that that make us a little more competent that being said you know fungi do uh pose health risks to us there are plenty of poisonous mushrooms there are uh infections we can get but nothing like a cordyceps now no brain control we can we can suspend our disbelief for the sake of the show because that's that's the premise we're not you know i uh this isn't me nitpicking jurassic park i guess Fair enough. Uh, or it does it doesn't have to be. I'll say that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think what's so what I liked about the show too, and this is a complaint by some people, but it's it's not really focusing on the infected past like four episodes in. 
it's really mm. not important anymore because that's again it's a plot device it's really not something right. that is it's the cause of the scenario for this bigger epic and not even an epic this, yeah. this this bigger message that's very nuanced and complex yeah, the, the, to take place the, in. the the uh the exact why is not sort of the compelling part of the story it's, exactly you know, it because because i think because the the walking dead you know another piece of very you know very uh popular zombie media from recent times like i think they they spend a little bit of time i think in like the first season you know trying to figure out exactly what it is but ultimately there is no why this is just something that is happening to them and then you sort of have the moment for character study or you know in the case of the walking dead whatever the opposite of that would be uh yeah yeah we might we might rip on the walking dead a little bit it had potential Um, man it really had potential and then just right it got so weird now, I mean, where for you, where does zombie media kind of fit into to what you, what you like out of scary things? Uh, like what is I, what do do you like it? Do you not? I really typically don't love it to be honest. It's never been the mm. thing I enjoy. Like I don't know, I have a weird relationship with it because again, like Walking Dead, I was interested when it was coming out. I watched it like later mm-hmm. as it came out and I was interested and it's always sort of the same thing where I, I don't know like i even with like uh i am legend i wasn't like, cra- mm. I'm like okay like it's 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 fascinating to me but it really has to be done in a way that it, it it's interesting how this even happened so like some sort of science but ultimately like that the the setting and the people that we're following, there needs to be something more substantial there for me to like latch right. onto. And you know, I think I think Train to Busan was a really good example of that. Like mm-hmm. this 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 apocalypse that is just happening, and it doesn't really get resolved. And there's no, it's not really important, but it is important. And it's like this other factor for horror. Uh, I liked that a lot. I think that might be like the one time I was like, yeah, I'm into this. And then, um, mm-hmm. but not like obsessively, or not like, yeah, I want to mm-hmm. watch all zombie stuff. And I would say Last of Us. I think that's the only thing that's really kept me interested because it's done mm. in such a unique way. The right. the idea of cordyceps taking over people and the the clickers and these different types of like creatures that come out of it and mm-hmm. how they adapt and what the artwork looks like and how they the evolved face, in that way. The face it's thing, freaky. So it's freaky. freaky. Oh yeah, but also the sound design in the game is terrifying and it's great. It's mm-hmm. so, it's done so well and it's. But again, it's you play it and you're like this isn't really about this this is something much more human and real and it could exist whether it's in an apocalypse or not you know it exists every day yeah. it's this much more innate thing and i thought that was more fascinating so the zombie films for me have never really been this i've never really been drawn to them and right. honestly i even forgot the last of us was about zombies when i was pl- mm-hmm. like before i played it i was like what's this about again like yeah. father daughter like i don't really remember yeah and then well it- th- there's there's that yeah that that sort of uh theme of um you know relationship between you know old and young you know a, a yeah. parental you know a wish to protect someone and uh not you know being not being sure if you are worthy to be an influential person in someone's life, not being sure you are fully capable 
of doing something like that. I mean, those are very real uh, themes and speak to a lot of people. For sure. Um, I guess I've I've never particularly sought out zombie stuff. I'm I I, I don't know. To me, yeah. usually it's like it's like Ugh, this is. I, I think like the thing is like I'm always just like Ugh, this is gonna be a gross movie. Like yeah. is, is, yeah. isn't that Ugh. like sort of the thing you think? It's like. Uh, it's just going to be gross, you know, like, yeah. that's, that's, and maybe that's, maybe that's me writing off a, a genre kind of unfairly. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot of that, you know, that's made as like a feature that like people will go to it. Cause it's like, Oh, I want to see some heads like explode. Yeah. And, it's a, and all of that, that gore fest thing, which is, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Everybody has their mm-hmm. own taste and I'm, trying to cope with that but it's just like <laughs> i don't know like it's just i'm more interested in something i, I like it as that plot device right. like i said but i'm it's yeah. very rarely done in that way but okay so but something interesting here with the last of us that i i find intriguing as someone that you know uh tries to look for you know trends in the art and media that people are into we have both been pretty aware of um and and i i think everyone at large is at this point but uh we we've specifically had conversations about how popular the imagery of fungus and mushrooms have been in uh you know a lot of art a lot of yeah pop science like there's all this there's there's like this um this almost like new religiosity towards mushrooms that is like this thing that like we can kind of look to as the future in a weird way and i do think it comes from some feeling of like it, this is just my own personal like mm-hmm. pet theory and you know it it's pretty anecdotal but my take has been that you know the 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 idea of rebirth has always been so tied to plants and flowers blooming but um i think there's been some kind of feeling that like an old world is dying and something new is being uh born and it's something different it's not a continuation of what was before and i think the mushroom is such a potent metaphor for that because it is life it is beautiful it is you know its own thing that requires the death of something else in order for it to um Mm. to live like mushrooms are and you know sometimes this is a little confusing for for people so I'll, i'll try to go over it briefly but plants are uh plants and uh and fungus but mushrooms which are kind of fungus are not the same thing plants are their own um we're we're all eukaryotes. We're all uh, part of that um, uh, domain of life. Uh, we have cells that have organelles in them, but we're different kingdoms: uh, plants versus uh, fungi. And one of the key things is that plants are autotrophs, meaning that they make their own food, usually from sunlight. You know, we we all know about photosynthesis. Fungus. Uh, generally are heterotrophs like animals. Uh, we cannot make our own food. We have to get our energy from other organisms. That is the only way that uh, we can survive. Um, and that that goes for you know pretty much all animals. Um, 
they we require you know someone someone else has to die uh you know right. whether it's a plant uh, or another animal or a or another fungus uh something something has to die to feed us and i feel like that 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 is like kind of a loose metaphor could be draped over so many people's perspectives on contemporary issues this this feeling that we're something new is coming and it is as a result of something old dying and it's not the same thing it's not it's not a spring it's not a rebirth it's a it's a birth of something else so i find that an interesting intersection with zombie uh sort of meta mythology the what the zombie is in the zeitgeist as uh you know the um the removal of our humanity re- reducing us to uh the to the most basic of of instincts and the just ta- taking away everything that you know makes us human makes it worthwhile to be alive yeah it's a very I just want to just like slightly go back to what you were saying to it's a really interesting point about like even just the how mushrooms are within our within our own contemporary world right now and I think makes a lot of sense honestly I would we definitely have to dive deeper into that for sure um, right you know but, maybe one maybe one day I can write a a whole maybe one day when art historians are asking, why were there so many mushroom prints on Etsy uh, purchases? Yeah, you know, in the yeah, you got <laughs> the twenty tens. No, it's crazy. Like it's it makes a lot of sense. I have to say, I, I subscribe to your theory. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because like you know, people will talk about oh, it's the it's the like the, oh, they have a name, but it's like the fa- fairy circles and like things like that. And there's a very like spiritual uh, witchy yeah, element, well, but it's yeah, deeper than that. There, you there, know, there's 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 the witchy earth worship you know element of it where you know there's all these you know. That the, the the person of the woods knows which mushrooms are poisonous, which ones yeah. you know. My family in Italy's like that. Yeah, but but then um, but then there's also the the like science element of it, where yeah. um, you know, there's all of these species of trees that use um, uh, underground fungus to communicate with each other to share um, right resources. There's all of the um, you know all of the the, the sort of it, again this is going more pop science but it's what's in the public consciousness i think yeah, there's absolutely. all those people that like want to use fungus to um what is the most efficient route to build high speed rail across you know the united states and mm. you know using using fungus to help you know track that like trying to see mm. um uh like uh, I, I think they do it with slime mold, uh, oh, trying to see like if, if they put uh, uh, food for it in the biggest it, it on on the map in the biggest uh, cities in America, the the slime mold will sort of grow itself into uh, the most efficient uh, way to get across all of those points. Wow! Yeah, and then and then you know that's a uh, sort of an interesting way to um, try to imagine what. What the most efficient way to build uh, a a more unified rail system in the United States? I mean, this is again, this is 
it, you're, you have to wonder how seriously a lot of people are taking it, but it's had real scientific implications um, in the last uh, decade, really. Like, an yeah. understanding of how integral uh, fungus is uh, to... Uh, and all sorts of colonies of, of these, uh, of all these different species, like how integral that is to agriculture, to forest. Oh health. yeah. It's very important. Like, yeah. Like this is, um, you know, the, the whole thing about like trees talking to each other, you know, all of this stuff that's a little, it's science. It is pop science. Uh, there is real things that go into it, but you do feel like it, it dovetails very nicely with the woo, you know. With it the, does, but the, it... the 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 contemporary sort of search for some kind of substitute theology, and you know, m- mushrooms kind of seem like they're they are uh, they're. I'm trying not to say ripe, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the mu- the mushrooms are works. fruiting are fruiting yeah, yeah. for this for this opportunity. No, I mean, I I think it's it speaks also to that idea. Also, uh, you know, it speaks to the idea of of other intelligences too, and mm. that there is more complex things at play on the Earth besides ourselves. And I'm not trying to fall into any of these weird like we're the virus kind of mm. ideas because that gets crazy and weird <laughs> and alt right very fast. Right. It's more that like. It's more that the world is very, it's just so complex and so cool at the end of the day. And, and, mm-hmm. and, do you know, yeah. here's my here's my thing, the way I always look at this, is that it's like when I was building my modular synth, and this is only going to work for like a few people, but, you know, I really like <laughs> the intense modules where it's like the sound, the sound source oscillator that just is like pretty and sounds cool. And you're like, I want that to do what these people are using. But you really need, you know, the utilities to make anything work. Right. So mm-hmm. to make the synth sound good, you need the filter, you need the envelope, you need the basic stuff to get it running. Or like a car, you can't just have an engine on wheels and call it a day. It won't really work. You need those utilities. And I think mm-hmm. in the ecosystems, you need fungus, you need decomposers, you need yeah. all of these fundamental parts of the world that are so overlooked to make everything function the way it's intended mm-hmm. to. And I think that that, as the metaphor you're proposing, is really fascinating. It has a lot of layers to it, honestly, to get in depth with. And, you know, and, and even going back to what you were talking about with zombies, one of the things I thought was really interesting in the show is that it's implied and it's talked about on screen that mm-hmm. the people might still be aware of their people. Hmm. And they can't do anything about it. And like, also for this is, I'm gonna try to be as spoiler free as I can. And for those, if for you, Zan, you might not know as well. You know, we're following Joel, the main character, and then also Ellie, who's the younger girl, who they end up pairing up with because she has been bitten and is immune. So she can't. Her infection stopped, and we don't exactly know why. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's implied at the end of the season, but you know. So they're going on their whole journey, and at times she's like trying to figure out how to use this as a cure, even before they get to the doctors and such. And so yeah. there's this again. There's this like attempt to figure it out and wake the person up who's inside, and it mm-hmm. just 
ultimately they that can't happen and so again it's this tension of like there but not there whereas i feel like mm-hmm. in and even to the idea of like the meta myths behind zombies and even into today's contemporary use of the word zombie by both spectrums of ideology it's interesting that it takes that level right with this at least where it's it's not and i right. think other zombie shows have done this but you know that the host is still alive. There could still be a person in there, but this mm-hmm. is consuming them. And, you know, it's almost like you, you're not responsible for your actions. I don't know. There's a lot there that I always found really fascinating, but also makes yeah. the decisions of, like, mercy killing way worse, you know? That it, it, it humanizes yeah. something that is now taken over and becoming non-human, but it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. remove that. So... Yeah, and in that show, and in, in the show, and in the games, it's like honestly, the humans are kind of the scarier part. At the end of the day, right. it's, it's like that's the more terrifying thing. Well, if I could, let's do take it. Yeah, that maybe yeah. Let let's take that metaphor maybe even a step further, and maybe this is again like trying to think a little bit too literalistic about um about a, a piece of media, but I I think. While I'm not super into zombie stuff, I'm kind of always interested in, um, you know, what the archetype of a monster means. And I think it's it's hard to, like, say this is a blanket statement, and I don't think it's mm-hmm. super... I think this is one of those things that, like, you know, Cracked wrote an article on and everyone got really obsessed with. Okay. Uh, but the, yeah, there's there's at least like I think uh, a Huffington Post article and a couple other like more highbrow people that have covered this idea. Um, but there's sort of this idea of um, uh, zombies as an expression of uh, a paranoia about conservatism, mm. um, and that you know an ideology is sort of a, a dead end, uh, but people keep going with it. That is one sense of the idea of a political zombie. The other being, um, you know, a, uh, and I think this is where it comes in, you know, where the zombie, you know, solidifies itself at, in as like a late uh, 20th century into the 21st paranoia. But, the idea of the unthinking consumer, the the idea that you are reduced down to uh, something that uh, that doesn't think and feel like mm. this is the zombie is in a, and we've talked about this before, but in a way that the vampire is a conservative paranoia about liberals, basically that um, this is something that will sneak into our society and make us less of what we are. Um, right, right. The the flip side is kind of the zombie in a lot of ways, where, like, what we wonder, I guess, in, in our East Coast elite ivory towers, <laughs> uh, you, you, I, I'm talking about you and I, of course. Of course. Yes. You know, where we sit, you know, sipping tea and, you know, uh, uh, reading Charles Darwin. Um, (laughs) But we wonder, we, we look at, we look at people and wonder, people that we 
deeply disagree with on uh, on a political spectrum, we wonder how aware they are of what is of what is happening to them and how they are being steered in a direction that does not necessarily benefit them, but they are being guided towards some sort of mindlessness. Because that's that's ultimately like kind of how we feel about a lot of conservatives now. Like it's not yeah. even so much that, and, and you know maybe this is me having you know you know spending a lot of my life in the South, but it's not so much that you know you can bring yourself to to like hate all of these you know uneducated bigoted people you have to look at it as there's people way at the top of an economic system that kind of can uh, get a bunch of desperate people to to reject their humanity, focus on consumption, and, you know, just sort of pit themselves wildly against each other. Yeah. Like, and I think that is... Like that that that's such an interesting uh dimension for the last of us to bring in because I think we're very used to the idea that zombies are a face zombies are a safe, faceless enemy to have in a show where you know you can just mow people down and there's not going to be anyone that you know bats an eye at it typically like you know the it's like with the you know the you, you you saw it in Game of Thrones with the White Walkers. You see it right. in, a, in a you see it in um uh you know World War Z or or anything where there's hordes of zombies. There's no one thinking like you know oh the their wife and children at home. You know the way that we normally like look at it. You know we we sort of can't have full um. We kind of can't have full Schadenfreude watching a, a, a more conventional uh, or uh, realistic war film, right? Yeah, and th- and I think that's what The Last of Us is all about consequences, whether right. people realize it or not. And I think that's where, and again, I'm I'm gonna like you know just not say anything in case some of you have are only watching the show and haven't played the games. The second season or the second game, when it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it introduces a lot of that that it, it, turning it on its head, right? It, it shows right. this. It, it, it again, I, it's so hard to dance around this. I've been doing this with everybody <laughs> I know who hasn't played it, but essentially, there's consequences to the things that you do, and uh-huh. with the zombie metaphor, it does, I think, even take over into people themselves too, like how we can get consumed into ways of thinking and how we believe something to be right without necessarily thinking of the consequences of that and navigating that weird center part of what it mm-hmm. is and you know because it, it's interesting like you know as i was w- watching an episode to episode and people were because there's also factions that show up and there's they're not all universal there's going to be a bunch of them that come through and mm-hmm. you know there's your left and your right winged versions of these things you have the fireflies on the left right. who want to be free of fedra who are on the right and that's your that's your remains of the u.s military that broke up into factions very heavy police state that aren't really talked about after halfway through um, for a reason. But, you know, they're both solutions to handling a, a 
an existential and very difficult problem mm-hmm. um, that both also lack infrastructure and and humanity and other things. So it, it's this very push and pull. And again, all of this in terms of the show has also been enforced to, again, spark conversation and discuss and find that it's like finding the middle without being, a, what, what is that, a, a centrist? Because that obviously doesn't really do anything. But mm-hmm. it's it's like, it ends up in a weird place there because everything we do has a consequence, especially in a world like this where, you know, killing another person, you know, leaves other people that they're attached to alone and with mm-hmm. a whole, and then it seeks out revenge and other things. So again, it's like, they pull away a lot from the zombies like halfway through. And a lot of people mm-hmm. were like, well, there's not enough zombies. And in the game there is, cause it's a game and you need something to do when you progress levels. <laughs> right. Like it, and I love that yeah. like in the show, you know, you're, you're watching these after things with HBO and uh, the main writer for the game. And the, I should say the leader of, of naughty dog, the guy who produced the game and wrote it and stuff is working with the director and writer for the show. And they're talking about that transition. And I thought that was really interesting. And this is the same guy, yeah. Zan, who did Chernobyl. So ah, it was in good hands because okay, yes. that was also a great show. Yes. But yes. it's just that that pivot away from what could have been the like unified, you know, the the unifying thing to get two people who are angry with each other to find a common enemy, right? Like that, even amongst yeah. chaos and amongst people being consumed by something out of their control and left to have mm-hmm. their humanity in question, there's still decisions being made by people that will either positively or negatively affect those around them and how they turn into, um, you know, followers of certain things. And I think that's one of the things that's so just in general interesting about the the show and, and the games and its translation and everything too, you know, again, that, what, 10 years later, we still don't have an answer to this ending of the first game and the first season now. And, you know, that in the season, in, in this recent show, that people are... St- talking about this and arguing with each other and i'm dancing around these spoilers like crazy but trying to figure out what was the right solution what was the right decision Mm -hmm. and there really isn't one there isn't a right solution and if there isn't this right way forward it's it's making a decision and and dealing with the consequences of it and again i i think in terms of looking at it from the mushrooms and the idea of being taken over and the zombie metaphor and all of these things that are compiling in they funnel their way into this as reflections of our own world as well through factions that show up, like I mentioned, Fedra and the Fireflies, you know, these left and right groups, but also even the way that people are gathering, like in the case of um, Joel's brother who ends up joining this like commune in Jackson, Wyoming, or he helps build it. I should Mm -hmm. say that's really the case of it. You know, that they are building this place to help each other that everybody participates right. and there's jokes about communism and it's fun. And you know what, you know, that, that everybody <laughs> is, is contributing to the community and they have to also make mm-hmm. sure that they're protected and hidden from people who want to take that down. Yeah. And there really isn't the sense of hierarchy. Whereas in, which is also kind of ironic given that what Jackson Wyoming is now. And again, this is all intentional. Whereas yeah. there's another place that shows up later. Um, and again, I'm going to try to dance around spoilers, but that this guy runs a group of people and he's very much this evangelical type preacher who's it's basically the donner party you know without giving too much Uh away uh and very terrifying but it's run through 
fear. You get this idea that these people don't feel comfortable. Even though they're all listening and they're all participating and they're all helping each other, it doesn't feel quite right. There's a very different, there's there's a power dynamic at play. To be fair to people, I do think, uh, I I do think if if there was a... uh, (laughs) A world-ending epidemic, uh, that is the time that you would start uh, falling into line with a charismatic preacher. Well, that's the thing, yeah, right? It's very, like, it kind of makes sense. I think that's, you would get a lot of people yeah. attached to that. But that's also the thing they're talking about, right? Where it, it brings it up in a post-apocalyptic media, but also even still where it's disguised mm-hmm. under the idea of some sort of certainty, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's someone trying to grab power just like yeah. the authoritarian and it's, and people. And it's not, it's not Independence Day where humanity puts aside its differences exactly. to fight the common enemy. You know, it's not that, you know, that whole Reagan idea of aliens, you know, yeah. unifying humanity we kind of are living in a landscape where we're looking out at something that affected the whole world, you know, granted, not as, not as uh, serious as uh, uh, fungus zombies. Right. But but still, still a, a world uh, health uh, crisis that impacted people, but you saw how differently, you know, depending on where you were, people reacted to that. Um, and, you know, I uh, I was kind of curious, like, what the other side's sort of take on a lot of that was in sort of looking at how uh, zombie, uh, zombie uh, literature and movies are, uh, are received on the right because it does feel like this it, it does it does feel like the metaphor as we've discussed and mm-hmm. and also you know sort of this this struggle to make the big decisions about like how much humanity do we apply each other what what are the allowances you can give when um you're trying to make a collective effort for something and so i once again you know uh found myself on the national reviews website <laughs> And, uh, you know, which isn't like Infowars. You know, you think of that as the slightly more intellectual end, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. Yeah, I I say that, you know, (laughs) with a lot of reservations. And I have to say, this entire article uh, written by uh, uh, Kevin Williamson uh on uh why zombie politics resonate is uh is one of the most ridiculous things i have ever read oh and basically it basically in sort of the same way that like we were very perplexed about how the national review really did not understand the movie the incredibles <laughs> uh they they their entire take is that conservatism is what triumphs in a zombie apocalypse. Uh. Their their whole argument is that uh, strong central leadership uh, to a a strong-willed individual is what comes out of, uh, you know, people being uh, desperate and, and fighting. Uh, and I feel like it's just the, it's that completely 
it's it's a very uh point missed <laughs> yes point very much missed of of what's going on there uh it does cite game of thrones and the walking dead the first uh part is um both game of thrones and the walking dead are obliged by nature by the nature of their dramatic structures to consider the fundamental question of politics and both invite deeply conservative interpretations oh my god okay uh, I just, you know, somebody didn't watch Triangle of Sadness, I guess, you know, another example of, of <laughs> blindly following somebody and not going out to look on the other side of the island. And that'll be one yeah. of my recommendations. But I, I just, mm-hmm. all of history tells us that's not a great idea, you know, that it, it tends to lead to more issues. And I just, I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's. If, maybe they just didn't watch the show. Well, that's kind of my thing. Where I'm like, did they just not engage? From from what I read, they are sort of in this denial that um, it's very much a silent majority type of worldview, where mm. clearly these all of these shows expound conservative views, but they have to do it quietly. Oh. Okay. Um, right. Like, okay. But reality is not much like Whig history in which mankind and its uh, polities move inevitably and invariably in the direction of progress and prosperity. Nations move backwards and forwards. Part of the shock and horror of the Holocaust is the result of the fact that it was undertaken not by a tribe of illiterate cannibals, but by what had been Europe's most culturally advanced nation. Venezuela has not always been what it is today. Neither has the United States. Like, this is an article about zombies. What? You you know, (laughs) try not to make something, you know, uh, about... I, I can't. It's their their task is always an impossible yeah, fail. They yeah, will always this, fail at this, trying this to is, make a point. This is this is a whole other conversation that I know we've had and could continue to have. Oh, about, I know about Venezuela missing the point. Venezuela. It's what Venez- about the Venezuelans? Venezuelan <laughs> is overrun by zombies. Um, but the, but socialism. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um the the big thing that's being asked with it is um uh, with what you were saying you know the 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 opportunity to choose empathy and caring about other people in the face of survival is uh you know a um that's a very valid thing to to uh to to bring into a mainstream uh media uh mm-hmm. thing like this a proposal for that kind of consideration even if hard decisions have to be made and you know that's that is like how that is how we are trying to re reorient our our politics i think that yeah we, uh, we can't just we it's not going to succeed if we only worry about our people exactly yeah and 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 that's the thing it's it's just very it's complex in the way that everything occurs in this 
universe, right? In this piece mm-hmm. of media. And I think both people on the left and the right tend to kind of miss the point. Mm-hmm. And it's because the point is incredibly difficult to wrap your head around. And mm-hmm. because it's, again, it's it's like you, you there's no right answer. There's always going to be this complexity of choice and doing something that requires sacrifice and what does it mean to do that? And again, I'm, right. I have, you know, we're jumping around the spoilers and things, but, and, and I think that says a lot also about politically where we're at and mm-hmm. how to continue doing things and how to reorganize and what that means to continue moving forward into the future and also looking into the past and how all of this has occurred already. And, you know, it's very dark and gritty mm-hmm. for sure. This is not a story that's illuminating. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. everybody's holding hands at the end. It's very rough. And I think it kind of, right. it needs to be though to make that point. And it was yeah. interesting that, you know, that the second game came out in 2020. I don't know if they planned that. I, I doubt it. It was planned. It just sort of, they pushed it out and it just worked. I imagine, the time, I imagine but... these things probably take, you know, no, they years were, to well, make, right? To, uh, well, they've been working on it for set. No. So eight, I'm trying to do math in my head. Seven years. So 2013, presumably they start so, working on the second one. So then okay, you get so, it in 2020. So you're 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 implicating them if it was intentional. It was no. Well, this is like <laughs> it was not. It obviously was not. I should say. Well, that's why they were saying like um, with Death Stranding, you know Hideo Kojima, who did Metal Gear Solid with like mm-hmm. Solid Snake and stuff. He he made Death Stranding, which is I've been playing now, and it's lovely. Oh, it's such a good game in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it's about you playing as essentially this post-apocalyptic mailman and how they're essential workers. And then, you know, by the grace of God, something else happens. Yeah. And you're like, wow. So it, it's just hearing his reactions to it's very funny. But again, it's like also yeah. just being in tune to the things that are happening around us. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, between the science that was acknowledged for The Last of Us and the art form that comes out of it through playing video games through telling a story through a video game that can then get translated on the screen finally well because it's such a complicated Mm -hmm. thing and it tends to be butchered i think it's leading us into an interesting i don't know a 2023 interesting year of of uh of pop culture media you know what we're gonna get Mm -hmm. out of this what kind of questions will be asked and maybe the mushroom will lead us somewhere to, maybe to to more questions to be asked about it and hopefully we yeah. won't get cordyceps that infect us that would be pretty terrible i mean hopefully yeah i mean honestly though i'm way more freaked out about uh are you familiar with the green banded brood sack the uh, the what so these are parasitic flatworms that infect the eye stalks of snails and control uh, the snail oh uh and it is Freaky looking. Oh, that just like these pulsating bands inside the eyes of snails uh, uh. to uh, uh, encourage the snail to be able to uh, spread the flatworm. Uh, there's actually a lot of uh, parasites that aren't necessarily fungus, but um, the, the yeah. ones that often change the behavior of their hosts, often invertebrates. It, um, but sometimes vertebrates. Uh, no. There. They their whole goal is to reproduce in the digestive tract of birds and uh, that are eating the animals. Oh. So they'll do things like make the snail hang out in places where it can get eaten or make the fish hang out in places it can get eaten uh, so that it can reproduce in the intestine of like an egret. 
That is wild. Our world yeah. is wild, literally. Yes. Wild, wild world. I. <laughs> God, it's so it's so cool, but it's also terrifying. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's just like God, nature's nature is cruel. But, yes. Uh, um. But you know, it's. But yes. Uh. Like everything else, you were. I mean, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm more freaked out about the flatworms. Uh. But, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Um. To what you were saying, I do think it's it's a bit. It's you know it's not uh. And maybe this is a conversation for a um, uh, friend of the show, uh, Allison, but uh, it's not quite like Sam and Dean Winchester uh, stabbing every person that is uh, inhabited by a demon, which kills the demon, but also the host person. I think that they forget right. somewhere about halfway through the series that every time that they uh, shoot those people, they are shooting, they, they're people. killing the human beings right yeah 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 um but yeah no that it is it's refreshing in a lot of ways it's coming at an intersection of a lot of different ideas of health and politics and art i guess do you try to imagine what kind of person you would be in an apocalyptic scenario Mm. i guess that that is the question like what are are we both kind of useless in that situation? <laughs> I, I guess I it, had somebody ask me this question in grad school, like an artist that came to visit, <laughs> and it was like, "What would you do? What would you do in the apocalypse? Like, what would you be your role? Like, in terms of like uh, art mm-hmm. skills and things?" And I was like, "I I don't know. Like, I feel like I would run into like a few roles. I would either want to be the cook and try to like get that skill going, or building." You know, try to mm-hmm. use those design skills like building, planning, let's get the cities moving or let's get some organization happening. Uh, but like, you know, not necessarily making the rules because I'm, I'm a laid back person, you know, uh, right. or I don't know, like something in that role or maybe the person who's documenting things like just to have some written records, because I still think that that's important and people are going to be like, that's probably not the thing we yeah. should be worrying about right now. Um, my fear is that I have glasses. Mm. So... If I get my glasses broken, I'm essentially becoming, I could become a blind prophet and really Ah. lean into that uh, and just recount all of the podcast stories I heard. And people will be like, what was a podcast? And I'll have to say, (laughs) well, child, you know, a podcast was a thing that existed a long time ago where one could convey with the other. A a podcast (laughs) was how we found out about movies that we didn't want to watch, but we would still listen to someone talk about for two hours. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, what I had to drive to work. Well, what 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 do you mean drive? Well, yeah. <laughs> imagine walking, but not doing it yourself. A podcast was where two women talked about a cold murder case. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, how about how about you? Where would you find yourself in this? I mean, part of me, like, I mean, I I hope this doesn't get into the uh, what would you what will your job be on the commune? You know, yeah, uh, type thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause I think, uh, I don't know. I feel like we get sent to the gulag for, uh, for thinking at, at some yeah. point. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or working in a coal mine. Cause we're small, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Hmm. I, I also think I have something to offer for the, the, on, on the cooking spectrum, but oh, you yeah. know, I can also oh, yeah. throw pottery. Oh, true. Yeah. Cook and potter. Yeah. 
Yes, I I'm I know printmaking, so I know how we can get some uh, some low tech, uh, get some get some uh, things distributed. Um, I I do also like the idea of uh, y- your idea of you know being an archivist. Uh, I do sometimes feel like I rationalize some of my uh, vinyl purchases in the idea of oh man, if Spotify goes and Apple Music goes, and there's an EMP, how are we going to teach uh, the future uh, about music? I better keep, uh, you know, my my vinyl collection of uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Pine Grove, uh, and Counting Crows. Right, you You have to. Yeah, because, like, I, I need... I need this vinyl in case, uh, you know, all the computer chips get fried. Exactly. You know? oh, it's, I do the same thing. It's important. Yeah. No, I, I need the future uh, to know about the discography of the Eagles. Do you know, I think it was like this year was like the most vinyl sales since like the 80s or something. Do you know that? Mm. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's back, man. That's very interesting. Back. It's, it, it It is back. People are preparing for the apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, I also think we're both musicians, and we have something to offer in that too, where we can oh, play so acoustic instruments. Oh, we'd be bards. We'd be bar. Ooh, yeah. You need entertainment, and you know we yeah. don't have Netflix anymore, so mm-hmm. gotta do something else. Stand up yeah. comedy well, might be cool for some people. Maybe, I maybe I couldn't yeah. do it, but you know, could figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot to offer. There's a lot to. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess the opportunity there for us is, you know, you and I are both people that would totally be down to like you know uh find find somewhere where all of our analog skills are actually uh worth anything right yeah uh, and you know i don't know i sometimes do want to like yeah live live in a cottage with a wood stove and like wear home woven garments but I do feel like every time I come across anyone that does that, there's just sort of an empty look in their eyes. And you're like, oh, you're in a cult. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I so I, so I, I, I can only I can only entertain the idea of our um, cottage core apocalypse so much. Yeah, maybe maybe if that were to happen, you know, you would get people who were like, hey, we're not going to be a cult and we're going to try to organize this as best as mm-hmm. we can. And then we're somehow going to fall back into bureaucracy, which is my fear. So mm. how do we walk this line of not being in a cult, but also not setting up committees for everything, just like they did in the good old days, so to speak, which drives me nuts. So because I just like Kafka, I hate bureaucracy. Yeah. Ah uh, uh, yes. Well, <laughs> but but imagine imagine like, you know, the society is rebuilding itself. Like we were saying earlier, you know, you've got young people coming up that don't remember the world before right. like the before times. They've they've never seen Borat. But no one is going to understand when you go Mabaf. No one's going to get Like that's going to be new to them. That's crazy. I mean, you're going to get. You could. You could play Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time for somebody. This could be like a yesterday type situation where you can recount all the Beatles. Oh my god! Just beat the Beatles. Oh my god! No, I mean, okay, 
okay, hear it out. You're <laughs> you're a struggling musician. This is the movie we're making next. Um, okay, you're a struggling musician, and all you do is like cover songs by popular artists. Then the apocalypse happens. No one knows those songs. You become super successful. That there's definitely a movie in that. That's very fun, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Right, there's gonna be an entire yeah. generation of people who forget. So yeah, yeah. If them. you did, if you didn't know who Ed Sheeran was, you know, yeah, you're like, wow, this this, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Wow, pretty this good. Is, this is gonna be a hit. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. This is what this has devolved into. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. where's Ed Sheeran and and The Last of Us? Is he gonna yes. show up like in Game <laughs> of Thrones? I hope so. <laughs> Just to be the the Ed Sheeran universe, the multiverse of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> God. Um, but yes, no, this has this has been a really interesting uh conversation. I'm glad yeah. I I'm I'm glad we both kind of got to air our ideas on uh oh, on it. Sure. And um I hope it is uh I hope it I hope there's other people that find it interesting yeah. uh, to kind of look at it from our our perspective of uh science and art. Yeah. It's a very interesting piece of fiction that I think everybody should engage with to some degree. It offers a yes. lot there for sure. And if you didn't like the second game, try to open your mind a little bit. Try to try to think mm-hmm. about why you didn't like it. Uh, and it has some problems. To be fair, it has some problems. But I enjoyed it. Joe, I the I, I've told you this. The only two games I've played are Zoo Tycoon and Kirby Nightmare and Dreamland. So those are the only two video games I know. So you're going to need to explain The Last of Us to me in terms that only in terms of uh swallowing an enemy to gain Mm. his power and uh breeding endangered animals gotcha gotcha okay well well we're gonna have a lot of video game history to have to cover here there's a little there's a little (laughs) game called halo that came out kind of revolutionized a lot of things uh oh god Uh. Yes, and thank you, Joe, for uh, doing the research on oh, this. Sure. Uh, it is uh, science that I know is a little out of uh, both of our depth. But if you for do sure. know more about uh, uh, the science of this stuff, please reach out. We'd love to hear about it, correct anything that uh, we might have uh, covered here, or mm-hmm. simply add to it. Absolutely. Um, you can email us at uncannycountymuseum at gmail.com and uh of course you can ask us uh any questions uh that we might read on the show uh you can check out our patreon um uh for all different sorts of ways to interact with us and of course uh find us on social media but next up is of course the the highlight of any week visiting the uncanny county museum stick it or ticket Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what have we got? All right. Uh, this is like the first time this has actually ever happened to me, uh, which was a repeating bumper sticker. I saw the same car twice, oh. and they were not in the same location, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, and the back, so it was a, tr- it was a like a Jeep car, and essentially on the back window, blocking the field of view in a very cursive <laughs> font, it just said "Redneck Ghetto." I have yet to understand what this means because it implies a lot of different meaning if you think about it. 
It does. Right? It does. I mean, I'm just waiting for the think piece about the, the ghettoization of rednecks. Right. Exactly. That's what I was like. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And then I saw it a couple of days later and I was like freaking out in the car. So. <laughs> Oh my God, it's Why bad. are there so many of those near you? Well, it's, I think it, was, it might have been the same person. That's what was even weirder. Because oh. it was like way out of where I was, though. That's what was kind of weird about it. Strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Anyway, how about you? What did you get? Um, I saw one that I thought was pretty good uh, that just said fish hunter. Ooh. Uh, which I was like, isn't there a word for that? <laughs> a fish hunter. Mm-mm. Um, nope. Just there's no other it. word for that. Okay. No. Nope. Um, but, uh, as much as that for some reason just sounded very funny to me and very fun. Um, I did then see one that was even more inexplicable and this might be a reference to something that I don't get, but out of context, it is. Okay. It, it, okay. It, it's a head scratcher. Uh, it just said you comma David. Oh, that's from, um, that's, that's from Schitt's Creek. Oh, damn. See, I was just trying to figure out what the heck it meant. Yeah, well, but, again, it's one of these yes. things that it doesn't really... If you don't know that show, you're like, what did David do? <laughs> yeah, what did David do? <laughs> like, they have shirts with that on, and it's so funny to me, because I'm like, if you know anybody named David, it's just so confusing. <laughs> oh, God. That's great. Um, Wonderful. All right. Um, well, next, I guess we'll get on to um, Uncanny Recommendations. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what have you been reading, watching, listening to, etc.? Uh, Well, in terms of reading, I forgot to mention my progress on this, but I'm halfway through East of Eden by John Steinbeck, and it is mm. so good, and I highly recommend it. I'm a sucker for family dramas and sagas and such, so it's been, like, for me, great. But it's it's very... It's very interesting. I've been really liking it so far and also how he handles the biblical references and what he's trying to get at and balancing all these different characters. It's it's definitely been a really good read, so I highly recommend that. Uh, I've also been listening to uh, Sam Gallantry's Escapism, which like came out a while. I mean, this is an album from like 2015, so it's been out for a while and it's very short electronic music, but it's very good if you need to kind of be in that in a mood just being like in a hyped up mood so i highly recommend that as well uh in terms of you know just tv movies things like that i mean besides mm-hmm. recommending the last of us both games and the show uh, i've also mm-hmm. been watching severance on apple tv which has been really mm-hmm. really good like kind of underrated it's it's really good i i would absolutely recommend checking that out if you're into like the you know eternal spot oh my god you know, Eternal, Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, which I, you know, I actually watched that recently and it was fine. But uh, that, like that kind of, <laughs> that kind of genre of weird, like, I don't even, it has a name, but like almost magical realism, weird kind of bureaucratic stuff. I, I would highly recommend this. If you like Mr. Robot, it's kind of like that. Uh, and then movie. I recently watched Triangle of Sadness, which I think was nominated at the Oscars. It didn't win anything, but it was very good. It was kind of, hit or miss for some people but i liked it it was pretty it's pretty crazy like i guess it, it just turned into this very bizarre twist halfway through that i was kind of enamored by so i really enjoyed that um and i think i think that does it for me at the moment um i've 
Uh, unfortunately, not had a super uh, varied uh, time, and I think this is mainly just because I am uh, uh, a little occupied with things. So, anytime I want to consume something, it's got to be a certain level of uh, uh, not not interrupting uh, my my thought process that much. Uh, mainly, uh, and anything I've been reading recently, I guess, has just kind of been. Uh, things i've started and you know uh <laughs> put down um and then revisit uh i have uh been able to read a little bit more of uh the dawn of everything by david graber mm. uh and of course very thought-provoking book and hopefully we'll be talking about that more uh on here once i eventually finish it i need to pick um, it up honestly it's on my yeah list. yeah it's um I, and I, I I do I do recommend it as uh, sort of an as as someone that like is very interested in like the unwritten history, but doesn't want to like get into like a Graham Hancock view of ancient history. Mm. Uh, I think it's very fascinating uh, in, in terms of its vision of how societies come together and i do think it could be pretty relevant for someone looking for uh an idea of especially after our conversation today on how like societies uh come together then fall apart and you know hopefully come back together i do think it's uh it's a very thought-provoking vision of history in that way um but i am still trying to fully understand what exactly uh what what exactly this says and what exactly it is proposing gotcha um so uh definitely a, a qualified recommendation because i'm not entirely sure i even get it uh, <laughs> but it's but interesting uh read nonetheless um the other thing as far as anything new i have been listening to the marias uh oh, okay uh specifically uh super clean volume one and two and uh it is honestly like for someone trying to get a lot done it's really nice uh solid you know indie pop disco uh type music uh so if you know you just need something really chill uh that's uh honestly just just fun uh you know, sounds familiar, but still has something, uh, you know, sort of a, a more modern take on, uh, on that kind of music, then I, I will definitely recommend that as well. Uh, the Maria's super clean volume one and two. All right. Well, uh, I guess, uh, before we go, we should talk about, uh, things that are happening outside the museum. Uh, what is going on with you, Joe? Uh, not too much at the moment. It's mostly just waiting for confirmation on things, but I have been making some new work that I'll be sharing soon. I also have that up on my website if you want to check it out, which is at josaminoart.com. It's a work I just made called Leviathan. You can watch the video on Vimeo there. It's mm-hmm. going to be up on the public because it's only it's only six minutes and you know what it's a <laughs> gift for everybody to view uh but yeah i've been working on so I've just been finalizing some projects you know trying to submit to some things we'll see what happens and also still uh working on the album that will eventually be released when i have time to finish it 
and to make decisions, <laughs> as we've talked about decisions. Uh, but how about you, Zan? What's coming up on your radar? I know you got a lot of things happening. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, first of all, uh, if you are listening to this, uh, next weekend, March 25th, is my solo show at Darcy Simpson Artworks in Hudson, New York. There will be an opening reception uh, from five to eight. If you're not able to come uh, on that specific night, even though that's going to be a super cool uh event with uh me joe and some surprises mm-hmm. the show will be open for the following month uh you can go and check out my work there as always i've got my work up at uh, zampeters.com also uh coming up on uh, in april i am going to be in uh specifically april 25th uh i will be in a show uh, at Viridian uh, Artists in Manhattan uh, in Chelsea. Uh, and that will be the Director's uh, Choice show uh, that will be up through uh, uh, from April 25th to May 20th. Uh, so uh, if you uh, would like to see uh, some of my work, along with uh, the work of a lot of other talented artists, uh, it will be uh, there in New York. Um, and you can check that out. Um, other than that, that is all I can definitively talk about. Got other projects, other potential uh, things coming up that I'm very excited about. Oh, and of course, uh, my um, uh, workshop at the John C. Campbell Folk School in Brasstown, North Carolina, uh, is uh, open for enrollment. You can go to their website and find Find my class, Shape and Shadow, that's going to be covering oil painting techniques. So check all that out. And uh, as I said before, check out our Patreon for all different sorts of ways to support us. Um, You can always uh, give us a follow at Uncanny County Museum uh, on Instagram. Uh, You can find me at Xanasaurus on Instagram. And you can find me at at Josemino Art on Instagram. From the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I've been Josemino. Bye. See you.